live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. It's the third annual Stogie Awards from the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, this is really, it's, um, it's great to think back through the year and realize that we should have took better notes. Everything we look, oh, didn't we? Hang on, I'll go back and look. Oh, yeah. wait, we didn't write that down. Yeah, so everybody out there, this will be the show with the most prep work we've ever done to one. Because <laughs> we, we've had to double back and realize next year we're going to take, next year we're saving better notes. I started taking notes about the end of September. After we took that week off and I came back, I've been taking really good notes. So everything for the first two-thirds of the year, it's it's a crapshoot. Well, before we get into the awards, we've got to light our cigars. Yeah, so we just, it's a special episode, so we thought we would do something a little special and different. This was actually your idea. Uh, Shane showed up today with a cigar with no label on it, which... I was informed by his wife he actually took the label off while he was stopped at a stop sign up the road because there's nothing better than multitasking while you're in command of a two-ton vehicle. She's incorrect. I took it off in the parking lot here as I was standing outside. (laughs) I can show her where I threw the cellophane down on the ground. Well, so he shows up with an unmarked, unwrapped cigar. And because we had talked about... The potential for, I think we talked about it on the show, a cigar that we didn't you think... You really ought to listen. It's a great show. I really should. <laughs> I give enough of my time to this show per week. I don't need to add another hour just to listen to it. You, you, you really should listen. That, I that's get really all the, high the best points. part. I get all the high points from the listeners. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I get told all the things I do wrong. So I have no idea what this is. You have assured me, though, that you do think it's a cigar I might like. So in pondering this... It so looks there, like a coat of arms. So there's a part of you that wants to try to pull one over on the other person. But I believe in the higher calling of man. That I would rather give you a cigar that you would walk past in the humidor 99 times out of 100. If it happened to be in a humidor. But it's a cigar I enjoy. You know, and I had to think back, okay... What have I not talked about on the show very much? And I don't believe I have ever mentioned that particular cigar on this show, though it is one I like. I have probably smoked seven or eight of them. Um, very enjoyable cigar. So it, it does look a lot like Austin's house cigar. It is not. I know it's not because <laughs> I just saw it. But, and I think they got a new shipment in yesterday, and I was watching them put them. That may be why it's front of mine, but it's it in does your look head. like it. Yeah. And all, but okay. So at a couple of points during the show, and all, we'll have to. Do, so we're gonna have to work this out live on the show. I think the listeners get to get to see a little bit of behind the scenes real quick. At any point during the show, the um, you may guess what your cigar is, what that cigar it's particular got a very cigar is. Classic taste on the cold draw. It's mm-hmm. very reminiscent of a bygone cigar. This is reminds me of the cigars when I first started smoking. And, you know, I think this is going to be fun to kind of have the unbiased palate, because that's what brought us to this conversation is um, what, you know, how often does the bias of our palate change our cigar experience? So with the unbiased palate, Ken went and got coffee and didn't ask you if you wanted any. Well... Uh, I, I could have. I had plenty of time beforehand. I could have. Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry everybody. Bird. Um, <laughs> I get. I get distracted. So at any point, the unbi- So at any point. So if and here's the. So here's my proposal for the rules of this engagement. You may have 
three guesses at the manufacturer. Okay? And then you may have as many guesses as you want at the cigar. All right. So we'll go from broad down to general, but you may and you may you don't have to use these three de- guesses all in a row. You all can right. smoke half of it and make a second guess. You know, I would my my get my technique would be to have one prior to have a guess as soon as you light it, then have a guess after. This is fascinating. The broad. It is. It's great. After the break, and then a guess toward the end of the show, and then we will reveal at the end of the show what each other has given the other one. And three generic questions allowed. Three generic questions. I will allow three generic, but they must Country be... Country of origin. Um, they must be yes or no. Well, yeah, yeah. 20 question style. Yeah, must be yes or no. Right. They, you can't, I can't you just can't, ask you what cigar no, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't just say, hey, what's the, what's the wrapper? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, okay. So you have lit it up. What's your first impression? Uh, relatively unimpressionable. I'm not getting a whole lot from it. Um... I mean, it's very, very oak, very woodsy, um, but nothing, nothing striking me. It is a box press Churchill, so it's kind of an interesting size and shape from what I'm used to smoking. So that may be, it may need a little bit to uh, to kind of to kind of get where it's going. Yours, on the other hand, I am very excited. I do believe that this is a cigar that you have walked by in the humidor numerous times. To my recollection, you've never smoked it. And I know at one point I had asked you, and I'm pretty sure you had said you'd never smoked it. If this is the cigar I'm thinking it is, then I smoked it on the show, and boy, are you wrong. Because I think it's a Foundation Cigar Wise Man Maduro. You'll just have to smoke it and find out. (laughs) Well, no, no, that's my... So my first official guess is, is this a Foundation Cigar? No. It is not a Foundation Cigar. It smells like a Foundation Cigar. And all that that instantly helps me out. But I was it, hoping you'd spend a little bit more time with it before burning a guess. I wanted you to smoke half of that cigar, thinking that it was a foundation. Because before <laughs> we even started recording, you were like, "Ah, this is some foundation BS." Blah blah blah. I didn't say it that way. It was the tone. <laughs> I knew what you meant, even if you didn't say it. <laughs> I've been podcasting okay. with you for three years. I think I know your. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why don't we start? What was it? So it's the Stogie Awards. We've it's been, the Stogie this Awards. This is now the third year we've done this. We, we always like to have a little bit of a retrospective, and next year we're we're saying it this year, and hopefully next year we will take better notes throughout the year so that maybe this isn't quite so uh, um, disjointed. Uh, we've got a few categories, a couple of what we'll call technical awards that uh, we couldn't really come up with, with contenders, but we definitely had some things that needed to... Uh, to be recognized as having a standout year. So we're going to start, though, with... That is the loudest I think the lighter has ever been on the mics since we've been doing this show. You you could hear the butane coming out of that thing. To the listeners, he has such a studied face. He is trying so dang hard. Well, you see, this is the problem with burning a guess up front. Because the, what I would like to say is, I, I, I'll bet you I can guess the quadrant of the humidor this came from. This came from the northeast or northwest quadrant of the humidor in there. 
and I, well, let me ask the question, yes or no. Did this come from the northeast quadrant, or northwest, excuse me, the northwesternmost quadrant of the humidor? No. Okay. So we're, now we're, oh, okay. Now it's all coming together. <laughs> if you guess that cigar, I will eat my hat. I'm not even wearing a hat, so it's going to be quite a trip. It's going to be interesting. Okay, shall we get into the show? Are the, you, yeah, okay, okay, go. Well, you, so one of the interesting parts of the human condition, before we get into the show, one of the interesting parts of the human condition is we love a mystery. It's true. Human beings love a mystery. We love to poke and prod. And so this may not have been a great thing to do on the Stogie Wards because now you have engaged, you know, we're both in the mystery machine sitting next to Scooby heading down the path. So it may not have been the best show for us to have done this on, but it's too late now. The cigars are lit. Is this a Sumatra wrapper? Um, yes, I believe so. Just a second. Let me pull it up and I bet you. Very impressive it is. It is a, it, it's a different kind of Sumatra. I didn't think you would pull that out, but it is a Sumatra wrapper. Highly, very impressive. Uh, I feel good about that. Doesn't help me one iota, but I did get to flex a pretty important muscle just there, and it makes me feel like a king. All right. Um, rookie of the year. This was a category that we did for the first time last year, and the thing is, there's so many good cigars that came out this year. So, rookie of the year... To me, this has to be. This is a category of a cigar we come out, but the rookie of the year cannot be a cigar that came out this year. But we cannot have it be the same as a cigar of the year, right? So if you're going to win one, you can't win the other. Exactly, They're, they both must be distinctive. So there are some cigars of the year nominees that did come out this year, uh, but that that disqualified. That's a higher honor, so it disqualifies them for this category, right? So, coming in, first one is the Buffalo 10. We both really enjoyed this cigar. Really like I think of, I liked it a bit more than you did. Well, you know, I haven't... So, here's the problem, is that Austin doesn't sell them here. And the only place that sells them that we can readily go to is Big Boys. And that's a little bit of a hike for both of us. Yeah, a little bit of a travel for both of us. So, I think this cigar has received less of my attention because... The five-pack that I got, I gave away three and a half of them. What were you doing that for? I hoarded those like a miser. I, I know. You gave me one of yours and then demanded one of mine in return when he gave us some more at the end I of the did. show. I did indeed. <laughs> but, uh, so I think this cigar is not been given as much attention this year as it should have been by me. But I did like the Buffalo Tint. Number two on the list is a shop exclusive, but created by a mainline brand. Uh, so I felt like it belonged in this category. It's the Crowned Head Sanctuary blended for Smoker's Abbey in East Nashville. I was blown away by this cigar. I know Crowned Heads fell short for you in their new releases this year. Uh, by and large, I felt kind of the same. Uh, I really did like the coalition that just came out, but I felt like... The Sanctuary was everything I love about a crowned head cigar, uh, made for a shop that I love, and, and it just it really brought that everything I wanted to the table. Well, is it, is it, this is a very esoteric connection, but I will say that cigar suits that shop. It very much does. But it's not like they just said, "Okay, here's a blend. Congratulations!" It's I mean, it's somebody that smoked in that shop, right? 
thought about that blend, mm-hmm. you know, and that makes sense because the guys on Crown Head smoking that shop. Exactly. And uh, our next one is the La Promesa from my father. You know, I remember, I don't remember if both of us did, but I know I gave a little bit of guff when they announced the cigar at being sort of kind of a joke that DPG has been in the industry for longer than I, you or I have been alive, and yet he just now feels like he's lived up to the challenge he set for himself. Um, but the idea behind the the promise, uh, the La Promesa, was that he made a promise to himself that he was gonna that he was gonna make his way in the cigar industry, and he finally feels like he made it, and he absolutely delivered on that cigar. It was everything you love about. <laughs> You're supposed to smell the cigar, not snort the smoke. Uh, but it was everything that you love about a my father's cigar, and I feel like he absolutely knocked it out of the park. It's the best cigar I think they've ever made. You know, I got into a debate here the other day about whether this or the La Flores de Lentilis, and all, which I know I just mispronounced drastically. Oh, no, that was perfect. Um, <laughs> the I, I couldn't remember all the abbreviation. He used the abbreviation. La Flores de Los Antillas. Yeah, that one. Um, wh- which one was the better cigar? Oh, the La Promesa by far. And I would, the the owner of the shop that I was debating with at the time seemed to think that the that the Antilles was better, but I think the the Promesa is the best cigar my father ever made. Mm-hmm. I mean, point blank for me, best blend they've ever done for my palate suited it perfect. And our last entry into the category is a cigar that I've smoked a box of them. They have been box worthy from day one. I have loved these cigars. It's a company on the move. The Guardian of the Farm Night Watch. Yeah. Um, when I had my first Guardian of the Farm last year that you gave me on the show, I was blown away by this little boutique company that has been in the industry for a long time, but you really hadn't heard much out of. The Night Watch was a perfect follow-up this year. Yeah, the Night Watch was very good. Um, I'm surprised because the regular Guardian the Farm actually got on the Cigar Aficionado's top ten last year. Mm-hmm. And this year, the Night Watch totally snubbed from the list, and I think that the Night Watch is the better cigar. I do, too. And also, Rookie of the Year. So, I think we have to eliminate the Sanctuary. Because of of availability. Right. I think availability eliminates the sanctuary. Um, I think it's La Promesa. Yeah, we pretty much... I think it's the La Promesa. Buffalo 10, again, it's an issue of availability, not quality. But I don't think... A rookie of the year is a rookie of the year, whether you can get your hands on it or not. You know, the... You don't pick the cigar of the year based on what people can smoke. It's on what the best cigar of the year is. The best rookie... Of the year, regardless of availability, I still think it's a La Promesa. I think you're right. For price, the price of it's perfect. It's not a dollar. It's not a dime too expensive, and it's not a dime too cheap. So I'm going to pull the show over for a second, listeners. We were sitting at this very table not 20 minutes ago, talking about how the show was going to go, and we were going to list out all of the nominees, and then we were going to pick the winner. Well, we forgot that last. <laughs> so we're kind of making this up as we go. Well, all the show prep in the world, and we forget to pick the winner of the category. So the beauty of a podcast (laughs) is they get to feel like they're sitting here with us. Well, very much tonight. This is what happens when we break from our format. Okay, so let's go to our next category. Next category, morning cigar of the year. This is a new, new category for you. 
because you're not much of a morning cigar smoker until fairly recently. Well, till I started doing my cardio at home with the lab instead of the gym, you know, I, I put miles on the Labrador every morning. I got a high mileage Labrador retriever <laughs> at home, and all he backfires a lot. <laughs> Occasionally has a flat, but we walked only back and forth by a little old lady <laughs> to church on Sundays. That's right, and also. Um, since I started doing that this summer, it was so easy at the end of my walk a couple of times a week just to go straight to the back porch and enjoy a cigar before I, I started my day. So morning cigars really came into their own in 2019 for me. Is this cigar Nicaraguan? It, hold on a second. I got to pull the, pull the description back up. Um, the filler has a mix. Okay. There is a little Nicaraguan in there. I know that's not yes or no, but that's the best answer I can give you is you're never going to guess that cigar. You don't even know that cigar exists. But anyway, but I am impressed that you caught the Sumatra on the wrapper. So morning cigar of the year. Of course, this year, the big news was that the Brickhouse Connecticut became my morning cigar of choice. It was. That I reached for it. Um, As much as on a price basis as as well as on a flavor basis. Great cigar for the money. Um, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> uh, a cigar that I have... I've been a morning cigar smoker for a very long time. The hands-down entry for me into this category is the Oliva Serio. The Series O is such a great Connecticut. It's Or, or no, it's Habano. Um, such a great mild to medium but full of flavor and you know they make it in every size imaginable so regardless of what amount of time you have to spend on a morning cigar you can find one that fits the bill it goes well with coffee it goes well with nothing it's just a great great morning cigar it's a classic for a reason Mm -hmm. you know stereotypes exist for a reason our last entry is from Caldwell Cigars. It's a blind man's bluff. Um, that's a good morning cigar. Now the price point's a little bit high for that. It for that what would be a daily smoke. It, it is. We we've talked about this before about how you know when you're in business for yourself you start the day money in the hole and it's up to you to to earn that back. I don't necessarily like the idea of starting the day with an expensive cigar. Because then you kind of have to earn it back throughout the day. Um, but that being said, the Blimey's Bluff is fantastic. And, you know, they released the Maduro this year and also another one, I thought. Uh, no, they did the Long Live the King Long, Maduro as that, well. That's what it was. Okay. Um, but, I mean, if you want to get your hands on a Caldwell early and not break the bank like some of their other stuff, it's a great way to go. But Good I, cigar. This was another category we forgot to pick a winner in. Well, that's okay. I'm, like I said, we have to debate the winner. I mean, obviously... Yeah, but I don't think you and I are going to come to a consensus on this one. And uh, you're going to vote for the Oliva, aren't it's you? It's got to be the Oliva. I find it has more flavor than the Brookhouse Connecticut. I, I'm not a huge Connecticut fan, as I've said before, but that's not to say that I'm going to discount a, a cigar just for having a Connecticut wrapper. But I think there are so many more Connecticut's on the market that have much a better flavor than the Brickhouse. But the Brickhouse does have price uh, value for dollar going for it. Yeah, value for dollar, it's nearly impossible to beat the Brickhouse. And all the Oliva, um, I will 
They don't I, make it in a gordo, which is what you don't like about it. Yeah, I think it's the size. I think it's the fact that I can get that I can pick out a pick up a brick house six by sixty mighty mighty for less than eight bucks, mm-hmm. and know it's going to be a great smoke every time, and that it's going to last a certain amount of time. Whereas an Oliva O, I know. Is going to be a shorter cigar, shorter amount of time. I'm going to end up at work earlier, you know. <laughs> All that like stuff that. you don't want. Yeah. So which one's the winner? I vote for the Oliva. Okay, I will concede the Oliva on All this right. one for you, and I'll just just so that we're ahead of the schedule. And I'll so. Um, let's do a technical award real quick, and I'll accessory of the year. Yeah, we've been talking about this for several weeks. Um, I'm not much of a cigar pick guy, but the the Bravis cigar pick and number that you got us uh, a couple weeks ago has been phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's well engineered. It it it's form as well as function. I think it's really hard to beat. I can't. I mean, as a technical award, we have to give it to Bravis. The price point's perfect. You know, at $14, if they retailed these for $20 at this store, he'd sell them all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, and just a great piece of gear. I mean, it's it's the perfect thing for that guy that already has a cutter, already has a lighter. But there's times when you need a number, and there's yeah. times when you need a pick. Yeah. You know, I, I I've ran this and up one yesterday. Yeah. And also, our technical award definitely goes to the Baravis cigar pick. That's... B-O-R-A-V-I-S Boravis And you can find them on Amazon.com And I'll Okay Um So Moving forward Do you want to do the poor man's Padron? Sure Let's do it (laughs) So There's nights When you're in the mood for that Padron experience But you don't necessarily have the Padron budget For the cigars that night You're Um your expect you would like a really good cigar, but you're just not ready to pull the trigger on a twenty dollar cigar, right? And which is most nights, if we're honest. Well, and truth be told, if you pulled the trigger on a twenty dollar cigar every night, you probably wouldn't notice it as much in your budget, but you would notice it in your satisfaction when you did pull the trigger. Yeah, so, exactly. Since you can't have a padrone every day, this is the poor man's padrone category. I do think it's funny that we have this category, even though we often say. You know, well, what do you have like a Padron? Well, there's nothing like a Padron. That's why a Padron's a Padron. But then here we are. This is like a Padron. This is like a Padron. <laughs> uh, well, this, is, this is offers similar characteristics to a Padron. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about this uh, is that the, the top contender in this list is not even Nicaraguan. Right. Which is the LFD cabinet number five. I've been fairly vocal on the show about how I, at one time I was a huge LFD fan, but lately I've found their stuff lacking. It's it's strength for the sake of strength without a whole lot of flavor. The cabinet number five is the exception to that. It is, in my opinion, the best cigar in their lineup. It is, for a Dominican cigar, it still pumps a lot of flavor and strength in, in a way that I think... It is not overpowering, much like the Padron. The Padron's a strong cigar. It is not for the faint of heart. Sure. Padron requires... And sometimes I recommend the cabinet number five when I'm in the humidor with somebody, and they're like, well, I've smoked a lot of Padrones, but I, I like that feel, but I'd like something a little different. And I could say, well, this is the Dominican Padron. Right. I mean, that really, the cabinet number five, it's got that rich, oily wrapper. It's going to be a Dominican feel to that. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, of course, our other nominee is the Monte Cristo Nicaraguan. I have enjoyed this cigar tremendously. I have too. I have picked up several over the course of the year, and I've probably smoked about five or six of them. And what's amazing to me is despite the Monte Cristo name, price point's really, really reasonable. Uh, it's right around the $10 range regular yeah. retail, 10 or, you know, 10 or 11. Um, the availability is great. You can pick them up anywhere. The price point is great. The cigar is, cigar for the money is outstanding. So I, I kind of have to, I'm going to have to call. Sorry, we're on a racetrack apparently. I'm going to have to call the Nicaraguan is the winner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just from a standpoint of, I don't know that it's a better cigar well, I than think, the LFD, but it's a more available alternative cigar. But I also think part of it comes from the fact that when you're smoking a Padron, there's some weight behind that name, and you get that with Monte Cristo more than you do with LFD. And I think there's something to be said for that. You know, when you're smoking a Monte Cristo, you feel like you're part of you know, kind of this elite club going back generations. I think that's what you get from the Padron, too. So there's there's something to be said for that piece. Okay, so before we go to break, I've been puffing on this cigar. I'm going to take one of my guesses, and then I'm going to take another shot at um, manufacturer. This, this Dominican tobacco. This definitely feels like Dominican tobacco in my mouth. It is. Okay, and from the level of processing in it, is the manufacturer Illusione? No. Okay. And I'm getting so what I'm getting out of this cigar, just my straight up. Uh, it's not bad. It's got a lot of flavor, a lot of complexity, but it tastes manufactured. It tastes like it's been handled a bunch. It don't taste as as classic. You know, the Torcador pulled it off, wrapped it up, and handed it to me. It tastes like there was six guys in lab coats kind of putting this feel together. Gotcha. So now you're down to only one manufacturer guest left, and you will never get it. Oh, I doubt I do. Um, I'm going to take my first manufacturer guess, even okay. though I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, but I have to ask just to kind of like you with the foundation cigar. Well, now I have helped you out in the a lot of the manufacturers you would guess for that cigar don't make that shape of cigar. It's true, which is why I'm thinking Southern Draw. Nope, but good guess. But, I, but that I was, did help that you was out a based little. on shape alone. So when we come back, we're going to talk about manufacturer on the move. We're going to name a cigar shop of the year. And of course, the big one, the cigar of the year, is on its way. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Shane here with this year's Cigar Under Eight of the Year. We have smoked a lot of great cigars under $8. In particular, a lot of them have been house cigars. Yeah, a lot of great house cigars. You know, the McAuliffe House Blend at Big Boys is under $8 and is outstanding smoke. In the same vein, over at Smoker's Abbey, they've got the St. Francis and the St. Clair, both under $8 that are phenomenal. But I think it's got to be a repeat. The Charter Oak from Foundation Cigar. You know, I, we didn't want to do a repeat because uh, I think this is what got the nod last year. But when it comes to a cigar under $8 that is going to deliver time and time again, it's got to be the Charter Oak. Nicaraguan origin. The binder is Sumatran. The filler is Nicaraguan. This The wrapper is a Connecticut broadleaf, Ecuadorian Connecticut. So it's just an outstanding smoke. It's a full-bodied smoke. It's hard to beat the Charter Oak. 
Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, and I always feel like this is my time to shine. So in honor of the Stogie Awards tonight, I would like to review a couple of great bump jokes from earlier this year. Um, he remembers when the best-looking dude in Nashville was Katie Lang. He reminds you, never pick a fight with an ugly guy. He has nothing to lose. Never to be a target of the Me Too movement, but Sons of Confederacy have a hit out on him. Should have been Trip Deadman. <laughs> The one he hates I the hate, most. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> like a wandering samurai of a cigar dispensing wisdom and justice to all he meets. I really enjoyed that one. Starting a band called the Dunning-Kruger Effect. They suck, but he won't believe it. Um, a joke that a bump joke that didn't make the cut. Spent all night eat ice, eating ice cream in his pajamas because here at Big Boys he can't cry. The cut, that, the joke that made it at Big Boys. He reminds you, if you're going to play in Texas, you've got to have a fiddle in the band. And the winner of Bump Joke of the Year. He's a reminder of when boy bands roamed the earth, Mr. Trey Dedman. <laughs> I get a lot of shots in on you through you that really segment. You really do. You really do. <laughs> I think that segment is just you me did, venting. You did hit a moment for a couple of months this year where they were all positive. That was short-lived. It was a easy come, easy go. Well, you just don't get as much response. Well, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I'm sure you get more laughs when I say things like that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, moving forward past bump joke of the year. Sorry, we had Please to get that. Please and quickly. <laughs> All right, let's go to our workhorse cigar. Now, this is this is a big category for us, Workhorse Cigar of the Year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as a daily cigar smoker, this is going to be the category where you spend most of your time because it's all about the cigars that you can sit down with on a regular basis. You know they're going to pr- produce exactly what you're looking for. And uh, so starting out in the category is a category... Oh, were you... Well, it's the cigar... That you walk in the humidor, you walk right straight to it, you pick it up, and you walk out without any, you don't see anything but that cigar. Right. You know, it's, I came here to smoke this cigar. And a lot of times I do that, and my wife's in the humidor saying, hey, what do you think I should, what I, I should smoke tonight? And she's talking to herself, because I've already walked in and got my cigar right. and left. <laughs> so the, that's, to me, what a workhorse cigar is. And I think, you know, the category this year... I. I feel like we put together an amazing uh, list of nominees for this one better than the years past because there's not a single cigar on this list that I haven't smoked and loved. Right. You know, we've both smoked these cigars. So first one on the list is the Espinosa Laranja. We smoked this on the show about a month and a half ago or so and both really enjoyed it. It was, it's about four or five years old now at this point, so it's been around a little bit. But Espinosa is one of those companies that you just don't see in, in every humidor, so it becomes a little bit trickier to uh, to get your hands on it. But once you do, then uh, it, it really it really does its thing well. Yeah, the Espinosa Laranja, like I said, it's the cigar I was smoking when I killed a deer this year. And all. It's just a great cigar, great all-around flavor, very unassuming, not mild, but very complex, not a full-bodied cigar to me. Right. So just a great choice for a workhorse, because that's one thing you want in a workhorse. Our next one on the list, though, is the JFR Lunatic. I know you're a much bigger fan of this cigar than I am. However, you know, value for dollar, it's hard to beat. 
the fact that it gives you a lot of flavor and strength, but neither one are overpower the other, I think is phenomenal. It's a perfect workhorse category cigar. It's never going to be the best cigar you ever smoked. No. And it's never going to be the worst cigar you ever smoked. It's always it, going to be good. It is going to be one of those cigars that every time you smoke it, you go, oh, yeah. It's one of those cigars that if I didn't smoke one for six months, I would miss it. Right. I, it would be, it's, a, it's a comfort food cigar. Right. Speaking of which, the next nominee on the list is the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez, 1844 Nicaraguan. This is a cigar that I actually haven't had. Uh, well, until we sat down and had one last Monday or Tuesday, I, I have not had one of these cigars in, in a while, and I was missing it. This one kind of came out of nowhere. When when Aldadis first started their real push in the market this year, it seems like this year they pushed out a lot of new cigars in a hurry. Um, whether it was trying to beat the FDA or to whatever reason, they pushed a lot of cigars out in the market very quickly. And sometimes when you do that, your quality doesn't stay up. But I believe they raised their portfolio as a whole, and this was kind of the head of the class for that. It is. I'm, you know, I've posted several times on our social media about this cigar. I've smoked at least a box's worth at this point, probably closer to two. It, to me, it doesn't really get better than this cigar uh, for that true workhorse. You know, whenever we go up to Casa Monte Cristo, I walk in, I walk right for that box, and I, whether that's what I'm smoking that right now or not, I'm always picking one up, and that's that's squarely in that workhorse category. And of course, the last one when you want a cigar that will kick you in the teeth when you've had one of those days that you just feel like you need a cigar that reminds you that you're alive. It's the strongest cigar I smoke. It's the surrogate animal cracker. Yeah. There really is not a stronger... You know, when somebody comes in and says, I want the strongest cigar in this humidor, that's the one I reach and hand them. For me, it's really hard to have a workhorse cigar that, that is that kick you in the teeth. But I think you get so much out of that cigar that even though it is a super strong cigar, it's not strong for strength's sake. And that's what makes it able to deliver after smoking it time and time again. Yeah, it it gives you a lot of that feeling, Mm -hmm. a lot of that vibe. But I think the winner... It's got to be the H. Upman. Got to be. Got to be the H. Upman. It's, It's the sleeper. It's the workhorse that just come out of nowhere. And I will say, too, is that... When it comes to workhorse cigar, that's where your palate and mine disagree the most. When we're talking super premiums or dog turds, you and I agree pretty much. Is dog turd a category? <laughs> it, should be, it should be. <laughs> um, no, we try and stay positive. But when it comes to workhorse cigars, you like a little bit different cigar, and I like a little different cigar for that type of smoke. So the fact that we both agree on this one, I think, says wonders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's it is weird because our my palate does change and is more mobile and flexible the longer I smoke. But it that workhorse cigar is always going to be a super valuable category. All right, what's your guess? He's got the look on his face, folks. Is this a Rocky Patel? No, that's two down, <laughs> two manufacturers down. You only have one manufacturer's guess. I'm reserving my manufacturer's guess because I've got to figure out another question. I know this is a Dominican smoke. It's not strong enough to be an LFD unless it's a Lenox. Um, but I remember I smoked a Lenox once and I didn't like it. And this is this is good. This is good, not great. And all. so far to me, this has been a, a mid-five cigar. 
at all. It That's could disappointing come on to me. It could come on stronger toward the end for me. I also feel like you're losing some of the enjoyment of the cigar because you're trying so hard to figure out what it is. I feel like it would be, for me, that cigar is a six and a half all day long. It's one of my favorite cigars. And, but it's one that I smoke maybe once every other year. I just don't get to it much. Right. So, but I, but I honestly Keep talking, feel like you're giving it away. I'm, but I'm getting almost, closer. But I almost feel <laughs> you're not getting anything from this. Um, and no, it's good. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think if you weren't trying so hard to to figure it out, I think you might get a little bit more enjoyment out of it. I probably would in a scenario if you had just gifted this cigar to me and You'd said... You'd be loving it right now. I'm, I don't know that I'd be loving it because my palate's still my palate, but it's... I don't know. I'm, like I said, I get that manufactured feel. I get that little bit of sour tang, and I'm not a sour person. Mm. Bitter is not a flavor I enjoy, right. and, there, and I can see why you enjoy this, because your palate will run a little more bitter than mine. You know, your palate does tend to lean a little more that direction than mine would. Fair enough. So, but, so let's talk about, this year we had a chance to visit a lot of great cigar shops. Yeah, we put the category of cigar shop of the year on, on here, but really there is no one true winner. You know, started out, we, we went and recorded an episode at Costa Monte Cristo, we went and saw... Uh, Big Boy Cigar in Dixon and Smoker's Abbey most recently. We had a really great opportunity uh, to visit some great shops, sit down and have some wonderful conversations with some amazing owners and managers. Uh, and we just wanted to take this as an opportunity to just kind of highlight that. And, you know, if you've got a local shop in your area that maybe you have never been to or that you don't get to often enough, you know, there's always something to be said for that cigar shop experience. If you can match Trey's rider, having us come to your shop is a great, great day. You know, we, we, we'll be happy to come. Trey's rider is a little extensive, the kind of things he wants in the dressing rooms, you know. No, no, um, no green cigars, of course. Definitely no green cigars. Always no green cigars. Do you actually, so I got to pull the show over. It, it was for be safety. St- yep. Wouldn't be the Stogie Awards. So the famous, Trey knows the story, but in case y'all don't, the famous Van Halen rider of no green M&Ms was so they could be sure that the facility had read all the way to the end of the rider. If they it was came, because they had significant pyrotechnics and mm-hmm. other uh, pretty much extreme pieces of the performance that required significant safety protocols. And so if there were green M&Ms in the you know, in the um, dressing room, in the green room, uh, then they knew they hadn't, then they had to go behind and do their own safety checks. And it, yeah, it's, it's pretty smart. Yeah, I don't think our rider is that exclusive. Our, no. our rider ain't that hard. And although I will say, big boys, they brought us brick, brick oven fired pizza. I know. That was, we should add that to our rider. That, that was that amazing. Definitely should be in our rider <laughs> <laughs> and all. But big boys cigar in Dixon, Tennessee, Robbie Lee Roach there. Great guy. Great time, great people. Smokers Abbey in East Nashville. I was talking with Josh a couple of weeks ago, and you know we were talking about the fact that he used to see me about once every six weeks, and now he's seeing me two or three times a week. And I know Hutch is going to give me a hard time for that, but uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is I've just. I've started spending a little bit more time over there, and I've really enjoyed the atmosphere. It's unlike any other cigar shop I've ever been into. And then, you know, what can be said about Casa de Monte Cristo, that it's just, it's such an all-around good shop. So, if you want to have 
the premium cigar experience. Without the supreme su- premium cigar price tag. Right. And without feeling like, you know, so Smoker's Abbey has a vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Boy's Cigar has a vibe. And they're two very different vibes. Very you know, much so. The Big Boy vibe really flows into who I am, and the Smoker's Abbey really flows into who you are. Right. Casa is for everybody. I it, mean, you can really enjoy it. When they first opened, you and I had talked a little bit about kind of not really sure how to feel about a manufacturer storefront or a you know a, a, a big corporate owned storefront. And I've got to say, any prejudices I might have had flew right out the window the first time I walked through the doors. And let me tell you, it don't get better than Hutch and Larry. It really doesn't. They they're just as as human beings go. It don't get better than Hutch and Larry. You know, and you can go into a Casa de Monte Cristo in a bunch of different places all over the country. There's more than one store, but you're not going to beat the guys we have running the one here. That's right. Our guys in Nashville are just they're awesome, mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. So, on to the next category. Manufacturer on the move. What manufacturer? So this year, a lot of manufacturers have come into the business. You know, um, an honorable mention is definitely Pichardo Cigars. Mm -hmm. I think Pichardo is going to come onto the market stronger. I agree. They're excellent smokes, and they're an excellent product and great guys. Aladino as well, that we sat down with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, Aladino, great cigars, uh, very... Aladino is very traditional type cigars, um, has a great following. So a lot of really good manufacturers, and some manufacturers this year were not as good, not as strong, but we're not going to go into that. Our three nominees, McAuliffe Cigars. McAuliffe came in gangbusters with the Ambassadors program, met Al McAuliffe, outstanding guy, can't say enough good about McAuliffe. And Andy as well, our local area rep. You know, this is a company that... Like you said, they kind of exploded onto the scene, and they have created such a devoted following. I think you and I are both in the Facebook group for the Ambassadors, and just seeing the the number of people who are seeking out those cigars and and begging their local shops to bring those cigars in. I think as a company, you can't ask for anything better than that. Um, next next one is at Sneaky Cigars, Charles Robinson. You know, we had the. I didn't smoke the Tashka on the air. You did, but that came out this year, and I, I thought it was a really good cigar. You can really tell Charles's passion for the product and for the brand and, and how he's trying to grow it and make a move, and I have a feeling the, ta- the Tashka was just the first in a long line of innovations and, and new things that we're going to see out of him in the coming years. Well, and Charles is the everyman. He has a passion for cigars. He decided he wanted to start a cigar company, and it's just like anything else. How do you build an arc? You build an arc. Right. How do you start a cigar company? You start a cigar company. Yeah. And he's dug in, and I see him everywhere, and he's always working the product, working with the people. At Sneaky, can't say enough good things about Charles Robinson. And the last one, probably the largest one on this list. Probably, and I think it's funny, too, because the idea for this category came about when we were talking with Robbie Lee Roach at Big Boy Cigars. And it was specifically talking about this company, Aganorsa, at how amazingly they have grown their portfolio. They have perfected what they do. They have found exactly where they fit into the humidor, so to speak. And 
and I think we are going to continue to see, you know, we talked about it earlier, the Night Watch. You know, the Guardian of the Farm was an amazing cigar. The Night Watch was Godfather 2. You know, it, it, and, and I can only imagine how much better it's going to get from here. Well, it's interesting because before we name a winner, the road that these companies take, each company, each of these three companies took a very different road to get to the same place. You know, McAuliffe, Al was very successful in his business, so he had money and he had the Gomez Sanchez family behind him and they really brought out a great product. And it was a lot like, for those of you who have been smoking as long as I have, remember when Rocky Patel first uh, jumped on the scene. It was very much the same thing. The owner of the company making FaceTime, pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, and just spending the time not only with the people who buy his cigars from a retailer standpoint, but also the people who are buying them at the retail level, the consumer. Yeah, and then, you know, at Sneaky, Charles is the common man that decided to start a cigar company. That's he, a different road. It's a harder road, but he's been, he's working it, man. And he's one of those guys that I've never seen him without a smile on his face. I've, you know, anytime you want to talk to him, he makes himself available to you. You know, he's just, it's that, it's that grassroots effort. Yeah, and then Aganorsa, they provided tobacco to the cigar industry for so many years before the first Aganorsa Leaf product ever debuted. Right. You know, and they're still providing. The new Gurkha has Aganorsa tobacco, and it may be the only reason I ever smoked that cigar. I may give it a shot just because it has Aganorsa tobacco in it. Yeah. And also the winner of the year? Aganorsa. Got to be Aganorsa. They've really made the move. They understand tobacco. They understand blending like no other. So are we ready for the big one? Well, we've got one more before we get to it. Okay. At the bottom of the first page. News story of the year. Oh, yeah. News story of the year. I don't know how I missed that one. Now, we cover, or at least we try to, in between the bump jokes and the flipping each other off, we try and cover a little bit of cigar news. And this has been a really big year for cigar news to the point that we really had to whittle this category down of what not only was our favorite news story of the year, what was the most impactful? Yeah, I think we, and this is where, much like the cigar we're smoking, we had to remove our personal bias mm -hmm. and say, okay, what is what is the one rule that's probably going to impact every cigar smoker that, that's out there? Yeah. And it was signed into law this week. Yeah. Um, so the first nominee, yeah, the, the national smoking age increase. This is something that we've been hearing for a while. That it, you know, as states and municipalities have been individually increasing the sm the tobacco purchase age to 21, just got announced yesterday that nationwide, in fact, starting immediately because the FDA, in their infinite insanity, insanity, uh, are not giving any sort of time frame for implementation. They just nope, we passed it. It's an edict. Uh, so uh, CRA. Uh, and PCA are both already telling retailers just immediately until you find anything else, just stop selling to anyone under 21. Which, granted, this is less impact in the cigar industry. It is. And uh, because we've said it before, we said it once, we've said it a million times, kids ain't buying cigars. It's true. Uh, but I did think, um, I did think that was, uh, that is going to have the most impact, especially because of the way the FDA put the rule in place it, w it didn't go through proper legislative channels i think i think this is going to have some really far-reaching effects on other aspects of smoking 
Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting in the coming weeks to see how this story develops out. This smacks of compromise to me. Yeah. This smacks of, okay, we'll let you raise it to 21, but the premium cigar exemption better get yeah, there really may pushed. Be, there may be some back deal, backdoor deals involved here. Another great news story, STG purchased Royal Agio for $231 million. Yeah, this was one that kind of came out of nowhere. We read about this back in September. $231 million. Um, one of the biggest mergers and, or acquisitions that, it, that the cigar industry has seen in a very long time. And, of course, the last one in all is the story that we probably we probably dedicated more podcast time to this than we should have. But, okay, this is light lifting. I mean, it is. Let, let's call a spade. Avo releasing the Unexpecteds and then coming out and claiming or saying that they're regular releases with a higher price tag. Yeah, it's, you know, it, I, we've talked about it to death. I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to continue to beat that dead horse. But what this says to the entire industry about your business practices is super telling. And even though it has not hit a lot of the mainstream cigar news outlets, I think this is something that will potentially have a far-reaching uh, impact going forward. This could. This could, defi- this could definitely have the most long-range impacts because now every time Davidoff puts out a new product, everybody's going to really be giving them the fish eye. Or if they get away with this, other companies who don't have nearly the scruples of some others are going to say, well, if they can get away with it, then we can too. All of a sudden, all of your uh, existing blends are going to be 30% higher, and you're not going to know it. And the winner is? The national smoking age increase. I, I think that's it's it's the most late breaking. You know, it just came out yesterday, but also I think because it came in in the middle of the night, right under the eleventh hour, and you know, it's this is going to really show you what the FDA's got cooking. I think. You know, and the way it's going to affect most people is the same way it's going to affect me. Is that it's no longer going to be okay? My nephew has graduated high school, and now we can sit down and have a cigar together. Right. Now it's going to be, a, it's a different level. We can't sit down at a cigar shop and have a cigar together. Well, so now I think what the only thing that you, even though you're classified as an adult at 18, so now you can go to war, you can vote, and you can be tried as an adult. So basically every mistake you make is held against you for the rest of your life. You can go get shot at and killed in a foreign country. And you can vote, which depending on your opinion on the matter either has an effect or doesn't but that's it that's, right. that's all but you that can't being, have a cigar yeah you can't have a cigar can't buy it's yeah. just it's, it's, it's infuriating to me. it is but moving on all right let's get let's get to the big one here is the big one cigar of the year and uh we've reviewed many cigar lists and it's funny i don't think any of the ones on the cigar list actually made our list no i don't think so either <laughs> And uh, the nominees are the Desert Rose from from Southern Draw. I just had one two weeks ago, I think it was, or was mm-hmm. it last week? This this cigar blew me away. I don't smoke a lot of Southern Draw, and I, w- I had very little expectation going into it. This cigar blew me away. 
very worthy of a cigar of the year nod. Yeah, definitely. But, and another one of those cigars we were talking about at the top of the show that could have easily been rookie of the year as well. Yes, very well. Could have fell in both categories. The Undercrown Shade Suprema. Now, I love this cigar. I think this is the shape that the Undercrown Shade should have always been. It's a the Undercrown Shade blend in a Solomon. And I've I bought two boxes of these. They were in boxes of five. So I bought two boxes of these. I've enjoyed most of them. I think I've got three or four left that I'm saving for a special occasion. But outstanding, definitely worth the cigar of the year nod going to this one. Uh, the next one is the Monte Cristo Grupo de Maestro. We have both smoked this cigar. It kind of, it came out without a lot of pomp and circumstance. It was kind of a quiet release. Well, and it came out, and the one we're speaking of, we're not speaking of the yellow label off the shelf. We're speaking of the one that came to the stores in the big wooden box that you had to be, you know, a pretty exclusive Monte Cristo dealer to get these. Right. So, but outstanding this year's, you know, last year's was not great, but this year's, the 19, was out, out of this world. Out of this world. Finally, the last nominee in the group, the Donlino Africa. If you've listened to an episode of the show... Since we had our first one. Since we've had our first one. And I've got... I bought a box of them that week. I smoked one this morning. I've got three left out of that box to smoke. I've smoked probably ten of them myself. Just the Don Lito Africa is... A perfect cigar. It is. There's, it's the cigar that more often than not that I want above mm. all else. This, I mean, and this is the perfect example of a seven being everything a seven should be no matter what you're smoking you're comparing it to that cigar wide release great price point you yeah. know you can get them 11 bucks, bucks 11 yeah. 12 bucks anywhere you want to go outstanding smoke tons a, of sizes to choose from whatever your particular taste is great variety of sizes they even did the thing we don't like where they named each size individually but in this i can understand the theme yeah the box is beautiful the label is beautiful i mean this is just it's hard to beat the Don Lito Africa. It's, I mean, it's an eight out of seven. Yeah. All it's, around. It's just an outstanding cigar, and I think it gets the nod. It does. Absolutely. Cigar of the year, Don Lito Africa. I just, I cannot, cannot speak highly enough of this. Well, all right. Okay, so it's the end of the show. So I have one more manufacturer's guess. And I will, I will be honest, you have stumped me. And I'll, I don't, so I'm going to ask one more question and then I'm going to make a manufacturer's guess. Did this come out of the northeast side of the humidor? Which one is that? The northeast side, the side where the Padron wall is and all of that? Where the Padron and the Illusione and all that is? No. Okay. Is this a J.C. Newman product? Yes, it is. Is this a Julius Caesar? No, it's not. Oh, darn it. I was close. You were so close. I was choosing between the Julius Caesar and that one. Okay, so what is it? Lay that it on is me. the Diamond Crown Maximus. Diamond Crown Maximus. It, it's not bad. Like I said, it's about five, five and a half for me. It's, mm. it's not exactly tailored to my palate, but it is a good cigar. I do really enjoy this cigar. All right, make your guesses. All right. You, you have... I have one more guess and one more manufacturer's guess. Right. So Actually, no, I have two more, but I won't belabor this. Is it from Honduras? There is Honduran tobacco in the binder. Okay. 
Is it a diesel? It is not. Okay. So what have you what you have been smoking? Is the wrapper is a three-year-old San Andreas Sumatra wrapper. Never had a San Andreas Sumatra before, have you? No. It is a three-year-old Honduran binder in that particular cigar. And the filler is an aged mixture of Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Peruvian tobacco. You are smoking the McAuliffe Torcadores. Huh. You are right. I had no idea that this cigar existed. Yeah. It, uh, beautiful cigar, beautiful label. I mean, gold label. Oh, yeah. And, all, and we, got, um, we got several of them as the giveaways when we bought a box at Big Boys, and I've been smoking them and really enjoying them, and Glenda's been smoking a few. I only had it in the Churchill side. I really wished I'd had it in the Toro size to give you. but I'm happy with the Churchill. I love a good Churchill. Outstanding cigar. Well, thanks, everybody for listening for another year for letting us do this for something we have fun so much fun doing for all the shops that support us all the fans that come up and tell us about life you know and that really is the best part for us you know it's you know sitting down a couple of friends shooting the breeze and and smoking a good cigar is great but hearing from you having people reach out to us either via email at info at cigarcast.com or you know we get a lot of messages on facebook at facebook.com slash the cigarcast and just knowing that you guys are enjoying what we're doing means the world to us. And the fact that we've gotten to do it for another year just is that is just the icing on the cake. And we look forward to 2020 and all the ridiculous news and terrible bump jokes that we're going to hear along the way. Well, and if you have any suggestions, you can always get a hold of us. Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast and Twitter on Instagram at The Cigar Cast. And we're sitting here. I'm waiting for Trey to say something else. I guess I took your line. You took my line because you usually follow that up with, well, thank you very much for listening. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. (laughs) 